I want to quote what my favorite paragraph from um, this Kate Arnoff article, which I just thought was so I read it and I was I was snapping, I was clapping, I was hooting and hollering like it was dead on. So she goes on to say, quote, but the fact that Gates could see modest for him profits if policymakers take his advice uh, is less concerning than the advice itself. Gates is offering policymakers a shiny object approach to climate politics. It's hard to argue against innovation. New technology, I mean, side note, we do it here all the time, quite easily. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, with that, I know that what, you know, Kate is saying is like, you know, look, like everybody, everybody treats innovation like, well, he's innovating. What are mm-hmm. you going to do about it? It's so good. And if, I mean, we all love innovation, right, folks? Yeah. And that's what she said, right? So she goes on to say, quote, new technologies, including the majority of those Gates highlights, are indeed a critical part of the solution to climate change. But the heavier lifting of decarbonization has to be done as soon as humanly possible, remaking the grid, deploying massive amounts of clean energy, decreasing fossil fuel production. The idea that climate action relies on a set of technologies that are always just around the bend deflects attention away from the lion's share of the work, which can be done right away. I mean, this is also a point we make constantly as well, right? Like the future is always three years from today and then three years from tomorrow and three years from next week, right? These technologies like profitability at startups, we just have to wait. You just have to be patient, Ed. The carbon capture technology, the geoengineering, the the green algae in the sea, right? Like the the mirrors, uh, the aerosol particles in the atmosphere, all of that stuff is going to come. You are just being too impatient. Gotta let innovation take its toll. Gotta let it play out. Gates reiterates this as well, right? Like this is what Gates believes. So in a recent interview with Rolling Stone, Gates said, quote, the only value is to take our innovation power, which is the majority of the world and bring green premiums down by 95%. That's what the US has to do. All the other stuff is just so much confusion. Yeah, maybe for you, maybe you are confused. It's this idea, and what he means by green premiums is the idea that it's it's more expensive to be green, right? Like, it's more expensive to have uh, solar power. It's more expensive to use, like, biodegradable plastics. It's more expensive to do green stuff. That's the green premium. So his focus, unsurprisingly, is on a market a solution, right? You need to bring green premiums down, sidestepping the fact that actually that stuff has gone way down. There are subsidies. It is actually increasingly more affordable to have solar power and things like that. But but that that goes against his whole ideology. It goes against the foundations of his worldview. Instead, you just got to keep pushing it, right? Arnoff goes on to say, Quote, Gates's vision of how innovation works is equally troubling. His self-presentation as a do-gooder engineer, quietly tinkering away at the world's most pressing challenges, helps obscure a more unsettling worldview. That billionaires and a set of benevolent patent holders are those best equipped to make life and death decisions about who gets access to life-saving technologies from vaccines to green energy and determine how much they should cost. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I mean, that's it's a beautiful vision, right? 
<laughs> I, yeah, I mean, Kane Arnoff <laughs> just fucking nails it, right? She right. just nails it. That is the problem here. You know, when I read this piece recently, right, like I posted, because uh, the first thing that came to my mind is that it's it, tragically, as as this last year has shown with the pandemic, as climate catastrophes intensify, right? And we already see the effects of that, right? Like everything from, uh, you know, droughts and wildfires are just raging. You know, the um, the U.S. NOAA, right? Meteorological um, Institution recently expanded hurricane season, right? Saying that like actually hurricane season is longer now because there's right. going to be more of them and they're going to be more intense. You know, those kinds of things, we see climate catastrophe intensifying all around us and i think tragically we all have to get much more familiar with the operations of necropolitics right which is this concept of uh the use of power to determine who may live who must die and in what ways i mean that is the politics of our time it's necropolitics it's a politics of death who will survive in World War Three? And it's beautiful. I mean, in a way, it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> As Bill Gates would tell us, right? And I think that, you know, brings it all home where the vaccine is also not just simply like a discussion or an abstraction about like this particular instance, but this is like a system that exists and has existed, you know, for decades. We've talked in the previous um, episode about the profits that are made in the domestic pharmaceutical industry uh, with uh, domestic pharmaceutical companies in the United States. We talked about the uh, attempts to collaborate and provide funding for vaccines that does, hasn't really worked out. We've talked about um, you know IP law and the structures and barriers that places in getting vaccines out of there. And we've talked also about like the role of the foundations like with Bill Gates and billionaires and other corporations and structuring the way that people interact, invest, think, talk about large problems. And like all of this, you know, this philanthrocapitalist, this corporate dominated, this investor dominated system existed before COVID. And if people do not take advantage of COVID, it will exist long after COVID uh, to continue to exploit and take advantage of like every public health crisis, right? And, you know, a necessary way, the necessary costs or necessary other, uh, other side of like the exploitation and the hoarding of that money is death, right? There's there's an acceptable amount of people who can die because there's a necessary amount of profits that need to be made no matter what. Yeah, and we saw these arguments at the you know, last year when people were talking about we need blood sacrifices for the market, right? We need to <laughs> yeah. open up business and it's okay if if a certain number of people die, if uh, if we wipe out an entire generation of senior citizens, uh, entire communities of vulnerable people. It's okay because the market has to keep going. The economy has to keep pumping. That is a necropolitics, right? That is a politics of saying who may live, who must die, and for what reasons, right? That That is what it is. 